almost the weekend. <laughs> yes. That's guaranteed. That's like a wind-up, you know? It's like right before... You know how pitchers like throw the ball like in baseball? They like do their crazy wind-ups. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Just like, eh, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, it's it's good to be here. It's good to be oh. back. How you doing? It, it has been a little while. Uh, been good. Um, we got to hang out in person very recently, which was very, very swish. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, uh, I haven't seen, um, you and, and some of my other friends in like mm. six months plus. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we all got to hang out. It was, uh, it was delicious. It was a really good time. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It was good to see you out and about and chilling on the couch and all that sort of good stuff. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, what's been going on? Tell me, tell me what you've been playing this week and what's what's the story? Um, man, I've been playing a lot of games. Oh, I I sometimes same. like I I entered this kind of dumb project management state of mind where like it's about hours played rather than hours enjoyed, and yeah. like you know it happens sometimes when I'm really into movies or books and. Uh, I usually realize what's happening and then I just take a break for a couple of weeks. Um, yep. Anyway, I was just, I was playing this game called Turing Test, okay. um, which is like an average puzzle game. You know, the puzzles just feel like busy work. The script is average. It's just like, it, it's called the Turing Test and it was set in space and I am weak for that kind of stuff, but it was just, <laughs> it was super mediocre. And I played it for like three or four hours and I think it's only like four hours long and I'm right at the end, but I really was just, you know, I was just like turning up for the shift basically. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, I think I need to take a break from video games for a while. And then Phoebe and I played It Takes Two and I was, oh, ba yeah. I, I was back. I was instantly back. That game is so fucking good. Um, and it just made me realize what a waste of time the Turing test was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, everyone should play It Takes Two. It's just amazing. Yeah, I've heard it's wonderful. Um, so Turing test has a nine out of ten on Steam. Yeah, I mean it's pretty bad. That's what that's that's ridiculous. I so mean, you, you said it was middling, and nine out of ten is like the opposite of that. I mean, it's like nearly perfect. Whenever I look at online reviews, I half the review score plus one. Yeah, okay, that's a pretty good metric. I like that. Yeah, that seems to be pretty accurate because a lot of the time reviews are just a representation of what's popular. Yeah. And it uh, doesn't really represent how good something actually is. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother topic as well. That, strike that off your bingo card when one of us says that's a whole nother topic as well. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, look shit man like we've been playing it takes two since christmas mm. mm -hmm. um it's not that it's like a particularly long game but we just have to both have energy at the same time to play it yeah, yeah. um and every time we play it we remember how fun it is it's it's crazy how fun that game mm. is it's yeah. um it and it, you know it really rivals portal 2 and it's it's that caliber of of multiplayer yeah. game yeah, I've seen a, a couple of play. I haven't played it myself, but I've seen a couple of playthroughs on YouTube and whatever, or Twitch people playing it. Um, it's just like so impressive how much stuff that game does. Yeah, like the way it's almost like um, Yakuza Zero levels of, of stuff mm. that it does. Maybe even more than Yakuza Zero. Like it's just like okay, now you're gonna throw 
these nails and you can jump on them and you can use them to stick things in place. And okay, now you've got a gun that one of you has to use the sticky stuff with and one of you has to explode it. It's like, it just keeps the vault, like it keeps exploring those new mechanics every chapter, every new chapter. There's like a new thing for you to do and it just explores it and it's just excellent. Like, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really, they got the spice right in this game and it's, it's, like you say, we have thought it was going to end like three times already, mm. but it mm. just keeps giving. When you think it's over, then it introduces like an arcade shooter mechanic. And yeah. and then that finishes and you're like, oh, this is getting pretty climactic. Um, and then it's like a top-down dungeon crawler. And it's, just, <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck is going on with this thing? It's just like, yeah, how much fun could they put in? And yeah, it's, yeah. It's awesome. It's it's really good. Yeah, a, a great example of like a really really competent um, code team and really competent competent design team that you can have that level of new mechanics uh, popping up all the time and have it be fun and like cohesive the whole time. You know, it's like really cool, really cool mm. stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice game box. I haven't <laughs> found someone to play it with. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. Sorry. Maybe when um, we we do the the great reckoning of being in the same room at the same time <laughs> with a console and a TV and a couch, we can uh, we can have a dabble, have a little dabble. Yeah, have a dabble. Middle uh, level. <laughs> uh, right. What what have you been dabbling in? Oh, any, I was any going games? to jump into the news, but no, yeah, I have been playing games actually, dude. I've been playing thanks to you, Half Life Alex. Oh yeah, sick. Tell me about it. It's pretty cool, man. Um, it, I've only had the one session with it just um, just because it took a little while to set up. Like, I, I was like, okay, I have the game pre-downloaded, ready to go. I plugged the headset into my PC and clicked on that little Steam button and it was like, there's an error. And I was like, all right, fine. Uh, <laughs> I tried to work out the error, it downloaded a new piece of software that it needed apparently and then clicked on that, opened it up and clicked on the you know icon or whatever for the game and same error. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it just turned into like an hour and a half, two hours of troubleshooting and downloading surprisingly large pieces of software. Oh my for, God. To, in order to get the game to run. Um, but once I was up and going, it was fantastic. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's this mechanic in it that I'm going to talk about with today's topic. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, just overall, su very surprisingly enjoyable to play. So like... Half-Life games, typically, when you're running around, it's, like, very, like, focused on the movement and the physics of the world, and, like, it's just, like, a first-person shooter, like, a typical first-person shooter. It's, like, kind of, like, the prototypical first-person shooter. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and in VR, you can't really, like, run around. Like, it's not... You don't you don't really do that without getting terrible motion sickness. Right, um, yeah. And so they solve that um, through, like, a whole series of different ways, right? There's, like, all sorts of tricky things they're doing. Um, but the main way that they did it was that you are only ever in one place at a time, and you are, like, pivoting from that point um, in all axes. So you can, like, crouch and stand and rotate, turn around all, all 360, every rotation. Right. Um, and then in order to move, which you can do at any time, you, like, press a button, you see a little, like, hologram of feet on the ground in front of you, and then you teleport to that location ah uh, yeah 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 that that's and, um, that's a really good um solution to the motion sickness problem because yeah uh, i played a game where the default was that 
kind of teleportation type yep. of movement. And then I was like, oh, you know, I want to feel like I'm walking around. And so I changed it so that you could just, you know, push forward on your control stick and it would, like, the ground would walk underneath you. Uh, and, and it was fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. I was immediately sick. It was not mm. good. Yeah, it's crazy how bad it is. Like, th- there's all sorts of stuff that your brain does that you, and your eyes do to compensate for the wild amount of, like, I mean, as an animator, you know just how much, like, the head moves around when you walk, and it's, like, trying to tune that in, like, VR is a complete nightmare. And mm. so, like, you either have the camera be completely still as you're walking around, which feels really unnatural, and it, it gives you another kind of sickness, which is, like, not good. Or you give, like, a little bit of head bob, and you put, like, a reticle, like, a, at a still point in the screen, and that still doesn't feel great. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think what they've done here is like a really nice solution. And it's not just like a teleport. It's like the screen, the screen fades to black really, really quickly and then fades in from black really, really quickly in like a nice, it's almost like you blink and you're there. Oh, cool. So it's a very graceful solution. Um, and, uh, the, just like the the way that they introduce the game is also, you know, drippy with incredible design and forethought. Like there's, um, you know, like they, they show you without any tutorialization, like how to look around in the world and how the spatial audio works. And it's like, okay, you can pick things up. Now you can pick up these pens and write on the window, you know, like items Ooh. can interact with other items in the world. Yeah. And like you can feed, there's like this part where you can feed a little head crab looking dude in, in a jar. So you pick up like one of the canisters and shake it upside down. And like the, the flakes go into the jar. Oh, that's um, awesome. And it's all like, yeah, yeah, cool. So there's all sorts of different ways to interact. And then um, they teach you kind of how, how you climb and crouch and all that sort of good stuff. Um, and then, um, and then like, you get your first gun and it, like, it sort of explodes a little bit with, like, interactivity challenge. So, like, I can tell that they really try to, like, teach you, like, how you can orient things by, like, tipping the, the tin upside down and, like, you know, writing things on the window. But it, it's still nothing quite prepares you for, like, pressing a button on the controller to like have the magazine slide out of the bottom of the gun and then like grabbing from behind you like a new clip to like slide into the bottom of the gun (laughs) and and then you have to like cock it which is like a whole thing um i think it's currently the most either i'm confused about how that works or it's poorly designed like i can never get the gun to like the slide to like you know move back on the gun so it's loaded and ready to shoot yeah um yeah. yeah can't like figure out where to grip the thing man that sounds like time crisis on crack oh yeah it really is um and then yeah all of the enemies so far have been really interesting and you know well placed in the levels and at at the in the beginning they're like sleeping you know they're sitting on a chair asleep and if you shoot they wake up so you can sort of like organize your encounters to be like more at your speed at first right yeah i think like yeah I think Bioshock did a similar thing where it was like, here's one enemy and then here's two enemies. And then it's like, okay, now you've got all these other things going on. It's just like slowly, really neatly introduced you to a bunch of stuff. So yeah, Half-Life has been really fun. Sick, dude. Then I started playing V Rising last night. Have you heard of V Rising? No, no. So V Rising is sort of like one of those recent hits to come out that, that seemingly came out of nowhere. It was like just a Steam early access game. Oh yeah, I think I think like a streamer cottoned onto it, or something happened, and it just like shot up the charts. Those dastardly streamers. Yeah, it's it's similar to um, uh, what's it called? Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name of the game. 
Van Helsing. No, that's not right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! Hell Rising. No. Um. Van Van Heim. Van Heim. Van Heim. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like to be inside my my brain. Um. It's chaotic. Yeah. Van Van Vel Velheim. It's Velheim. Similar to Velheim. Um. Has like a similar sort of style of game as well as well as the way that it became popular you know it just like showed up out of nowhere and some indie game that happened to be like super addicting and really cool so yeah right so, yeah um i've been playing that with some work people it's like a vampire top-down diablo style um looty collecty base buildy kind of thing <laughs> it sounds like a lot it is a lot but it's, we played it for like six and a half hours straight last night. It was, oh my god! It was like a classic sesh. You know, I had had my pizza, <laughs> uh, had my beers, just like chilling, playing games. But it felt real good. That's awesome. Mm. Um. So yeah, it was good. That's what I've been playing this week. Nice. Those two things. All right. Yeah. Well, do you want to uh, get the uh, oil up to heat and uh, start crisping some chicken? <laughs> ready to feed it to you yeah that's right um all right here we go so huge week this week it's more of like a family bucket than a three-piece feed so we're gonna try and breeze through them pretty quick all right i'll i'll keep my reactions to a minimum well if you i mean if you feel like you want to go into it we can but, all right. um just know that there there is a the bucket is full. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the tippy top of crispy goodness. All right, my mouth is open. Start throwing. <laughs> okay. Capcom reveals DLC for Resident Evil uh, Village called Shadows of Rose. Um, so they showed a little trailer. Uh, it's featuring uh, Rose, which is Ethan's daughter from Resident Evil Village. And you, um, uh, you, you haven't played Village yet, have you? No, no. Okay. Uh, but I'll I will eventually in a couple of years. <laughs> okay. So I'll say no more for the sake of spoilers, but it's a it's a new DLC featuring that character. Um, cool. So pretty cool. Nice. Um Half-Life Alex uh has a new DLC slash add-on by that's entirely fan made called uh, Levitation. Ooh. It's about a four four and four or five hour long campaign that builds on the original. So I don't know how they managed to, you know, sanction this, get this thing like approved by valve or whatever to, mm -hmm. to make it but mm -hmm. i'm keen to check it out uh i think it's out now i'm not sure cool i think it's out now starfield which has been at the tippy top of every gamer's wet little mouth for the last couple of weeks uh which is <laughs> gross <laughs> fucking gross dude what the hell <laughs> which is bethesda's latest rpg uh so you know they did the oblivion skyrim uh fallout sort of stuff oh, did right. you ever play any of those rpgs uh i uh, look no i mean i've played all of them but i honestly thought they're all pretty bad <laughs> i've never yeah. ne i've never finished one yeah um i've played fallout 3 for two hours skyrim for two hours um i played fallout 4 for like five hours and that was that was a terrible game um, yeah that was so boring uh yeah and yeah so i was just fallout well, that three I thought was also super boring. Yeah, right. Yeah, not not my cup of tea. Um, but they are very popular. Um, and like, I know Bethesda has become a publisher 
since their earlier, like, studio-only stuff. So, Bethesda's name is on, like, Doom and Wolfenstein, but they don't actually develop those games, do they? Mm. I'm not too sure. I I don't believe so, though. Yeah, okay, because I was going to say they're they're good games, but, uh, yeah. All right, so, new new open-world glitchy sci-fi thing. People people all love the shit out of that. Yeah, and so, um, a part of the... You know the reason why it, it, I say it's at the top, tippy top of many gamers' mouths um, is it, in one of the trailers or in some press junket thing they mentioned that there's over a thousand planets, um, and it's, it's sort <laughs> of just like, <laughs> bro, we've we've done this. Like, do you remember the No Man's Sky thing? Uh, they were like a billion planets. It's a like a billion planets. Yes, bigger, bigger numbers, and like you can play this game for three hundred hours, like. Yeah. That marketing bullshit sucks. And it does. It doesn't represent anything good in video games. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think what a lot of folks, maybe maybe even the, the folks who are you know, marketing this game don't realize is that a planet is really big. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you, you have so much space on a planet. For a video game to exist, you know, most large video games take place on like in a state or like a continent, you know, like at mm. the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, but a planet is just completely mind-blowingly large. So a lot of the space is taken up by ungameplayable areas like ocean or just like vast areas of desert where nothing is occurring. Right. Right. So so like, I don't want I don't want a thousand planets. I want one planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Or I want like you know, three planets that have, like, some way that they're, you know, interacting with one another and that it's, it's interesting and that I don't have to, like, you know, spend a long time walking across to just gather some resources, you know? like a... Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> it's crazy that no one learned from Mass Effect 1 that, that mm. d- felt like it had a thousand planets. It probably didn't, but it just had these, like, barren planets with nothing on them that you could land on with your crappy Mako car and (laughs) and you'd drive around and hit invisible walls and there'd be nothing there. Mm. And and it's just like, why is this in the game? Why why would anyone think this was a good idea? Well, didn't they also have planets that were just like you could shoot a probe at and get resources from or something? Uh that was in that was in the second one. Oh, that was two. Okay. And that was like a a better version of scrounging for resources. You didn't have to watch the land information and deal with the shitty controls. You just shot a probe and your controller vibrated. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like probe away. And then you 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 get the resources. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, they're they're Fucking uh, Starfield looks, and someone also did like a video edit of like Starfield trailer right next to a bunch of No Man's Sky trailer footage, and it was oh. just like you know note for note the same shit. You know, it's like here's the creature on the planet surface, and here's you taking off and landing, and here is some mining of material on a wall. Like it just looks like carbon, not a carbon copy, but like a um a reskin with the Bethesda's name. Right. Typical. Yeah. Anyway. Well, look, we'll just treat it the same way. Nobody buy it for three or four years and then buy it when it's, like, <laughs> ten bucks and it'll probably be good. Yeah, yeah, after I've had a chance to patch out all of the garbage. Okay, uh, Metal Hellsinger came out, which is a game that you sent me a link to. Have you played that? Had a chance to look at it? No, I mean, I just I just heard about it because Serge Tankian did the soundtrack. 
I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm somewhat of like a black hole when it comes to video game news. Like none of it mm. seems to reach me, but like, because mm. this was like system of a down related, I heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looks really cool. Um, I was, uh, I'm friends with the person who was working on the game briefly. Um, and it looks really like a lot of metal time, little fun video game where you hit to the beat. Um, I think there's already a similar game out that is a little bit less reliant on like hitting the, you know, bullets and dodging to the beat. And it's even got like a accessibility mode where you don't have to do it at all. It's just got, you know, the regular creatures. And I think you get a bonus if you're on the beat, but there's no, you know, um, downside to not shooting on the beat. But I don't know if Metal Helsing has the same thing. Probably does. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. That game's out. Yeah. I'm keen for the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neon White got a new trailer. Have you seen this? I've no, not not heard of it. It looks right up our alley, dude. It's really like a um, feels a little bit like the original Doom mixed with um, Slay the Spire. <laughs> oh my god! Oh so wait, you... I think you sent me a trailer for this. It's like a yeah. first-person shooter card game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean just. All I need is cards, man. Just give me those cards. Like, throw cards into any game and I, I want to collect them. Mm, yes. Um, so, yeah, it looks as though the cards that you use have some influence over the way that you play the game. So you can you know, change, change abilities and weapons based on cards in your hand, which is a really cool um, thing. Uh, Cocoon. Wow, this list is long. Cocoon from the maker of Inside and Limbo have announced a trailer and it looks like puzzles with lots of balls. Um, uh, there's not much more to say about that. It looks, looks pretty, but so many balls. I don't know what they're doing there. Over, <laughs> over at that studio. All right. Cocoon balls. Carry on. <laughs> Cult of the lamb comes out on August 11th. Uh, Cult of the lamb. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast. My pal Julian is, is working on that. Um, and it looks really fun. Cool. Uh, Mick Gordon appears to be scoring, uh, for an upcoming space horror called routine. It's a lo-fi space glitchy sci-fi and I'm very pumped for it. I think I sent you the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just anything with Mick Gordon's name and like, especially after the the fluster clock that was Doom (laughs) Eternal where like he hadn't finished the tracks and Bethesda were just like, fuck you, we're shipping it. Yeah, Um, that's a very sad story. Yeah, so like hopefully he's he's out of Bethesda's grip and like Mm. this is some indie shit that he's had creative control over again. It looks very indie. Like, it looks like, you know, um, very small team, but very high quality stuff. Um, mm. And the, just the audio in that in that demo alone is very, very crunchy. Mm, um, we love it. Yes. Skate Story appears to be the most stylish game on offer in this next set of games released. Um, so Skate Story is a game where you're a little crist- crystalline dude. Skating mm-hmm. in a crist- crystalline world, and <laughs> the animation right, right, looks beautiful. Day. Yeah, and uh, you uh, you do tricks on your skateboard, and I think there's little, you know, it's it's almost like it looks a little bit rhythm gameish, but probably not. Um, I'll send you I'll send you a little video, um, All right. so you can so you can see for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. It looks really cool. Probably something that I'm more excited for than a bunch of the other stuff that we've seen yeah, apart okay. from that, that horror game. It just feels like they're doing one thing really well <laughs> instead of doing like 
a thousand planets or like you know the new horror game you know like they're just like here's some skateboarding off you go and it's just uh, it looks very 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 cool sick we love that so have a little flick through that little trailer i sent you and see all what right you think. we're gonna have a live reaction uh i'm not gonna help youtube answer a question uh, i'm just gonna cut to the beginning of the trailer yeah skip skip through this the trailer's full of juicy goodness oh yeah i mean this this looks like man okay i don't know what this looks like it kind of looks like um the super hot guy on a skateboard yes um yes. skating through the end bit of interstellar mm -hmm. uh and it looks cool it's very stylish yeah i'm a fan of games that just know what they are you know like they're mm. not trying to be something else they're not trying to like make some grandiose statement about like you know state of the world or like what the, the war is here it's just like just, <laughs> here's some skateboard bro off you go <laughs> like, i wish there was more of that anyway um the, the callisto protocol got a new gameplay demo and it looks very dead spacey uh, with all the blood and the shooting of the limbs and the curb there's even some curb stomping oh um, my god yeah i mean look the, the more games dead space inspires the better yeah, there seems to be like quite a bunch of game games that came out as a re result of this recent slew of events that appear to be a little bit dead spacey or dead space inspired, which I think is good as well. But yeah, it's just, I don't know why. It's like everyone has just been like you like us in that other episode of this podcast where they're like, remember Dead Space, and then just like <laughs> yeah, we did it. We have the sway, babe. We we have this way, and it yeah and, yeah, and it's just like I feel like the industry just has these weird, um, like ebbs and flows where like remember twenty nineteen where three huge samurai games got announced in the same year. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. Neo, Sekiro, and Ghost of Tsushima, and it was just yeah. like seemingly out of nowhere. That's right. Yeah, there was also, uh, like I, I feel like open world um oh fuck i can't remember the name of any of them right now but a oh, prototype was one of them and then there was another one which had you were like an electricity shooting guy do you remember that game electricity shooting guy that's electricity that's i can think of a lot of games like that like you shoot electricity by shock uh uh, third, uh third person third person adventure open oh oh infamous infamous yeah prototype and infamous came out like the exact same year and were like right next to each other on the shelf and i remember like holding both of them in like one in each hand and being like which do i pick <laughs> this like, is the same game <laughs> yeah yeah uh i ended up playing both but i think i picked infamous oh no i picked prototype at that time prototype was actually really cool cool um and that's the news baby that was a huge news I'll catch you next time when it's almost the weekend again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, look, I'm stuffed. Um, yeah. I'm absolutely round with news right now. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Slice me open, I bleed some news. Okay, so... <laughs> I feel like this week's episode is super chaotic. <laughs> Just... It's it's good. I like where we've been about embracing the chaos since day yeah. one. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. You want me to introduce the topic, or right. you want to do it? No, no. Sl slab me up with your oily topic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here is the oiliest of topics. Uh, this week's topic is 
uh, our top five, we're doing another list episode, baby. Uh, most satisfying mechanics from any video game. Yeah, so this, um, this, this is an interesting one because, like, some... Some of my picks, I like, I don't know if they're mechanics, but they're yes. just, like, the most satisfying element of something that a mechanic enables you to do. Totally, yeah. I'm glad that you took it that way and not, like, too literal, trying to, like, decide what a mechanic was and then... <laughs> I wasn't like, well, look, technically the, nemesis, the nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor <laughs> is a mechanic and it's very satisfying, but it's not like... This, um, th- this list was was great to put together because it actually required no thought like this mm. is this is not the thinking person's list this is mm. just a list based on endorphins yes. so like when you feel the endorphins it, it goes on the list and whatever makes you feel the most endorphins is is higher on the, the list top and, of the list yeah, and yeah now you have the list <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's only five long and oh baby we just did that so easy yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good i'm glad you enjoyed it for that reason so do you want to give me your number five uh yeah yeah i can i can do that so uh my number five is the grav gun from half-life um, oh okay yep yep so this is this is one of my less specific mechanics like the grav gun is a pretty big part um of, of half-life 2 that is yeah. um and man i remember playing half-life 2 uh at my first full-time job uh, I was working for Apple and, you know, we had to have all these Macs on display and we had like the, the super biggest iMac of the time. This would have been in 2008. Um, and very well. <laughs> and I, uh, I set up Half-Life 2, um, just as like a bit of a, you know, it can play like Ma- Apple computers can play games and, yeah. uh, one <laughs> especially lazy Saturday afternoon, <laughs> Um, like no one was coming into the shop and I, I booted it up to play and I, I played that, um, I played through that town where it's all haunted and shit. I can't remember what Raven home, Raven home. That's the one. Yes. Um, and I think that's like right after you get the grav gun in the story. And yeah. anyway, the grav gun just allows you to like pull objects towards you and shoot them away at speed and yeah. like you can just do it with anything. Like you can pull bodies towards you, saws, tables. And like when you fling them at enemies or aliens or whatever, they just go flying. And Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think this kind of feeling that it gives you is, uh, is a common thread throughout all of my picks. Like I think, Mm. I think for, a mechanic to have a satisfying element it needs to be based in physics like oh all all of my picks are like physics based things where like oh. your character does like it that they they interact with like a machine or like an enemy and the enemy does something physical and you're like oh god that's real good yeah um, yeah and yeah. like the grav gun is just it's it's all about that you just send things flying and tables explode and bodies hit the floor it's just it's it's really fun totally yeah that's that's awesome man what a great first pick i only reacted the way that i did because my number 5 is also half-life related but oh. it is the it is the gravity gloves from half-life alex oh my god okay so i don't Which... i don't even know what they are yeah so the, you hold the obviously you hold the um 
the two controllers for the the quest too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these items that you get very early in the game called the gravity gloves. And they're sort of like the gravity gun, but instead of being able to fling objects very quickly, you're just able to pick them up. Um, and the way that it works is you you like reach your arm out in front of you and it will highlight something that can be picked up, sort of like a faint orange. Oh, yeah. And then, and then when you flick your wrist back, sort of like imagine you're pulling up a yo-yo from being you know on the ground or whatever. It's like that pull-up motion that you do. When you oh, yep. flick your wrist back, it like pulls the object towards you and you catch it. Oh, it, cool. It's, it's so good, dude. It's just like... Uh, there'll be like a, a a magazine in a box somewhere and you've got to like either like a, what a, a zombie or whatever coming towards you and you just like flick the magazine out of the box catch it slide it in your gun and shoot the zombie and it's just like oh baby that's that's the good stuff right there <laughs> that's awesome yeah so yeah it's just that that flicky motion that i find i was so surprised by and as soon as it, i did it i was like oh my god the satisfaction <laughs> i feel um Yes, very good. I'm glad we both picked uh, Half Life's as our number five. I had no idea. Yeah, that's really funny. I yeah, um, yeah it it just like I the the glove sounds really cool, and it just sounds like that kind of natural progression. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they they understand that the physics stuff is is really important in Half Life games. Like it just oh, totally. I don't know, it adds, like, a realism to the world or something. Like, when when I think yeah. of Half-Life, I think of gravity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's heaps of gravity stuff in the Half-Life series. Like, there's the playground that you interact with early in Half-Life 2 that's, like, you can stand on one end of the seesaw and the other end will go up. And if you put some cinder blocks on one end, it doesn't go up as easily. Like, all that sort yeah. of stuff. And the swing set. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Bro, um, shout, it, shout out to Half-Life. Yeah, shout out to Half-Life. I haven't thought about Half-Life in a long time prior to last week, so it's uh, pretty cool. What a great series. I never played Half-Life 1, did you? No, I've um, I've seen a lot of footage from it, though, um, because there was a f- fan-made remake called Black Mesa. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yep. And that, that looked really pretty, um, especially yeah. compared to the original release. Yeah, yeah. The original release is not pretty at all. No, no. It's that it's in that sort of like system shock era of games where like people had like five polygons for a face. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, but I think you're right, dude. I think like the uh physics aspect of satisfyingness is definitely a part of it. So ha- have you ever heard of the Corridor crew from YouTube, Corridor Digital? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, dude, I remember, like, watching their videos when we lived together. Yeah, well, uh, they're still going, they're still making content. No shit. Yeah. Um, and they have a really poppin' YouTube channel these days, they release videos very frequently, um, and they have, like, a CG challenge where, like, they'll, everyone in the studio will try and make, like, a satisfying video for the, for the day. Oh, no way, I love and- that kind of shit. Yeah, and you've seen, like, the satisfying videos, right? Like, the, the golf ball that goes around and around until it lands in the middle perfectly and just, like, slides mm. through the hole or, like... Oh, like when like they a... cut soap up with a Stanley knife and yeah. it just goes into the cubes and it's extremely wasteful but really satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or there's, like, you know, um, like a big knife and it, like, slices through a block and then another knife comes through and slices it perfectly into little cubes. Like, <laughs> like physics melt away and then a new block comes down and just like loops perfectly. And uh, all the sound effects are also really nice. Like everything slides and clicks into place. It's all very good. 
-hmm. anyway they, they did a bunch of those and a lot of them were physics ones so i think you're onto something with like the the physics being especially satisfying from video games as well mm. yeah well uh my uh my number four pick mm. uh definitely embraces that it's the uh portal gun from portal um, oh right so I had, I actually had a dream about this. So you, you sent this topic through like a week ago. Mm. Um, and like, I, I wrote out the list straight away and I was like, sweet, easy, done. Can't wait to do mm -hmm. that podcast. And then, um, like a couple of nights later, I, I had this cooked dream and I'm about to try and explain a dream, which is a really dumb idea because <laughs> dreams are really hard to explain, but I'm going to have a crack. Okay. Go for it. So, so like... So, so you, you were in it, we were, we were both in it, right? Um, mm -hmm. and like my brain obviously knew that I did a podcast and that this was going to be the topic. So we were kind of in this like death stranding esque land and there were bridges everywhere in every direction. And some mm -hmm. of these bridges were for walking and some of them just seemed like they were there for aesthetic reasons. It kind of reminded me of the city in that Neil Blomkamp movie, Elysium. Did you oh, ever yeah, see yeah. that movie? That was, a did, bad, yeah. that was a bad movie, but it had some cool <laughs> sci-fi stuff. Um, uh -huh. And so we're on either side of one of these bridges, right? And this bridge has like an AI in it. And we're, we're inputting our, our, li our lists on either side of the bridge, you know, because for some reason my brain also remembered that I like to be surprised by your lists, so I don't want to know about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, you're, you're doing your list and it's fine. And I put my list in and the bridge AI pipes up and it's like, are you fucking kidding? You don't have the portal gun here? What kind of loser? And like this, <laughs> this bridge just fucking castigates me for not having the portal gun in my list. And mm. I wake up and I was like, damn, that bridge was portal. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So, Bro, yeah. So elaborate. I know. Uh, but the put like you know the the bridge AI speaks the truth like the the portal gun is fucking awesome and that that first moment where you solve a, a physics based puzzle where like you're flying through the air and you shoot a portal and your momentum mm. like carries you to the door you need to get to mm. like that so few games have that feeling it's yep. it's it's just like you you it's 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 this melding of like satisfaction and you thought of a solution quickly while flying through the air like yeah. there's just something about that that was just just awesome just so just so yummy to experience and totally um, and yeah it's it's again grav gun portal gun like these aren't specific moments because there's so many cool things you can do with them but most of what you can do really really gives me that serotonin yeah 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 interesting um i really like that i also love the noise that the portal gun makes that sort of like splooshy noise mm. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. weirdly moist <laughs> <laughs> yeah like making a portal is somehow like a, a wet experience yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> I won't linger too long, much longer on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I've lost my list. Where's my list gone? Oh, God. Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, I've got number four. This one isn't a super physics-based thing, but I guess, you know, maybe it is the most physics-based thing. Um, 
calling down a titan in Titanfall 2. Ooh, okay, I thought about this one. But, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah hit me. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about Titanfall 2 a lot on our on our list episode, uh, top, top 10 of all time. Um, it's just such a beefy, like, juicy, full of you know, flourish and, and a bombast experience where like, you know, from orbit, which is just such a, you know, futuristic thing. Someone launches a mech out of something that's like orbiting earth and lands at your feet. <laughs> it's just, there's, there's nothing quite as cool, you know, like video games have done like orbital lasers or like, you know, stuff in, in space orbiting around earth a, a little bit, but mm-hmm. nothing is done. I don't think shooting down a, a mechanical thing that you can jump in and pilot from orbit quite like. Titanfall 2 did and um yeah it's it's just so satisfying to have and in multiplayer as well like when you call down the titan and like you start headshotting dudes <laughs> and like fight, fighting other titans it's just such a wild experience so yeah it's a very cool very satisfying thing for me to to have it on number four yeah yeah that's huge and that um again endorphin list but that stress you feel when you know you've requested your titan to come down and and you you basically need to stay alive long enough like it takes like 10 seconds i think for the titan to land and it just there's so much weight to that time because you need to survive and then like that feeling when you slide like under the titan and press square or whatever and get in and it's just like oh baby yeah 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 and they all have their own lines or whatever that they say when you get in like oh it's so good (laughs) oh man yeah yeah there's look we uh, the only reason i want titanfall 3 is just so that there's an online presence for titanfall again like if if they could just somehow boost the the online presence of Titanfall 2, I'd I'd be back in there. Anyway, we got to stop talking about Titanfall. This is just becoming one of those podcasts where we just yeah. circle around into the same thing because it's so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's go down the Titanfall 2 drain together, bro, holding hands. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. what's Did you give me your number? F- you did. Okay. What's your number three? Uh, My number three is shooting necromorph limbs off necromorphs oh. in dead space 2 and then grabbing them with the pseudo grab gun it the yeah. sta- the stasis gun stasis and then gun. shooting those limbs right back at them yeah um, i forgot you could do that yeah yeah i mean it's it's it it does a lot of damage and also it can like pin them to walls mm. and it just it it's very it's very cool and gory um yeah but i, I sorry go on Oh, just on the pinning them to walls thing. I remember that being like fairly. Like, there was must there must have been some like ragdoll tech that came out around that time in game dev because like I remember in Fear Two you could pin dudes to walls with like the nail gun and it was like the exact same thing. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fear anyway, two. go on. Sorry. Yeah. No, Fear Two had it had it as well. Um, look, we we we've talked about Dead Space Two, especially in that old list episode. So I'll leave it oh, there. Yeah. But shit, it's yep. just like it's so juicy, and that stasis gun has. Um, like a bunch of other utilities, but mm. it's, it's again, I think like, it's kind of like physics meet Twitch input 
that's that's where the juice is. Like you know, you can slow objects down with with the stasis done and the stasis gun, sorry, and jump on them and solve mm. puzzles. But like when a necromorph's running at you and like you shoot off their spike and then grab it and then shoot it back at them, like it's just very quick and it's like yeah. it it feels um, rewarding when you when you're able to pull it off. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something about catching, like, I think Half-Life did that really well, where, like, something about, you know, knocking something off something else, catching it midair, and then using it to your advantage is just, like, very flowy, very cool. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. That's a great one. I, I don't have, uh, sorry, I don't have Dead Space on my list. But yeah, that's, that's oh, really my good. God. All right. What what do you have, Joe Tool? <laughs> this one uh, is a little bit of a weird one, but I still think it's it's deserving. This is Dodging in Bloodborne. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, just standard dodging looks really cool in Bloodborne. A lot of the characters... There's, like, someone drilling right outside. Um, <laughs> that's not satisfying. <laughs> Hopefully they just stop really soon. Um, the, the... What was I saying? Um, yeah, dodging. So, like, when, when you just dodge regularly, the, your character often has, like, a lot of flowy parts on them, especially if you've got, like, a costume in that game, like the... Um, Island the Crow outfit where it's like mm. super flowy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're running around and dodging around, like there's a sort of like physics-y, flowy feeling, overlappy, animation-y goodness that I really love in Bloodborne. And there's nothing quite as satisfying as like slowly strolling, you know, like Sunhi Legend. You know Sunhi Legend from, from Twitter? He does the Bloodborne, oh sorry, the Souls-like, or Soul series GIFs. Uh, no, I don't. Oh, I'll send you some after this. Um, he does these gifts where he like removes all the UI from the screen and just like does badass things in those games. Oh, sick. Um, often in like 60 FPS or like slow motion, or you know, <laughs> he does mm. a lot of really cool stuff, anyway. Yeah, so strolling up to a, a big bad in um, in Bloodborne and just like you know, knowing exactly when the perfect time to dodge their attack is and dodging out of the way. Oh boy, it feels so good. Something cinematic about it. You make makes you feel like the the action hero in the in the movie frequently. Yeah. 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 It really does like emphasize the you are the danger element of that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my number three. I, I love I love that feeling. And like other other Souls games do it a little bit, you know, like dodging out of the way sometimes felt really good in Sekiro or like uh even in um Elden Ring, there was moments where it had had some of that, like uh, the Margit fight where he jumps in the air and like lingers up there for like 400 hours and then when he lands, <laughs> you dodge out of the way. There's uh, something satisfying about that. But yeah, I think uh, just specifically the way that they did it in Bloodborne is, is real, real good to me. Yeah, I think, um, I think they did something unique there as well in that there are two ways you can dodge and it's the only FromSoft game that has this where like if you're locked on to an enemy you dodge you quick step you do like mm. a really quick dash um like side to side or towards and back and it's it's really fast and it doesn't use up a lot of stamina and it allows mm. you to like dodge attacks while getting closer to the enemy but if you're not locked on to an enemy every time you dodge you roll and right. so it, it gives you this really cool, like, you know, especially with the bosses where you're like, all right, I know this attack's coming where he 
he hits me like seven times in a row, I'm going to lock on so I can do the quick dodges. And then mm. like, maybe he does a wind up at, uh, uh, he winds up an attack after that. And I'm going to take my lock on off so I can do a slower roll, but like, uh, I'll be exactly where I need to be after I roll. And it's just yeah. like, man, there's, there's so much strategy in that game. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Incredible stuff. Uh, give me the <laughs> give me the cloth on my character so that when I move around it looks real cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Um, all right, well, we're keeping in line with uh, this FromSoft love fest. Mm. Um, my my number two is parrying in Dark Souls. Oh, um, so I I played Dark Souls for like ten years without knowing how to parry. Um, you know, I played every Dark Souls game, never parried once. Uh, just didn't need to. I was I was good with rolling, and mm. and last year on on one of my playthroughs, I was just like, I'm gonna try parrying. I wonder what that's like, and it's just one of the greatest feelings ever. <laughs> um, like it it takes a bit of getting used to, but as soon as you get used to it, like you can just walk up to black knights and level one and like they don't stand a chance it's it's yeah. cr it's crazy how much the game changes when you learn how to parry and mm. like as soon as you are used to the timing you kind of you just feel really relaxed when you get into one-on-one -on -one fights right. like you just walk up and wait for them to swing and then when you parry there's this really satisfying sound that kind oh, yeah. of almost sounds like the the bullet time sound from the matrix <laughs> where it's like yeah. and you're like yeah. oh yeah and then you like stuff your halberd down their throat or whatever <laughs> and it's just like oh fuck and and you're invincible while the animation plays out yeah. So, so it's just, it's just like this stacking of satisfying things. Totally. You, know, you, you go up to an enemy that can destroy you, you parry them, you hear the sound, you, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you, you swing your axe in to do the riposte mm -hmm. and, um, and other enemies might be attacking you, but you've got invincibility frames and you mm -hmm. just like, you're almost taking a break in that moment. Yeah, You're just yeah. like, oh, like so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that was your first one on the list that doesn't involve physics. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's just the relaxing aspect of it that that makes it so high for me. It's, it's kind of like backstabbing in Dark Souls as well. You know, if you run up to a group of enemies and backstab one, you can like put the controller down, you can move the camera, get your bearing. <laughs> like it's yeah. a it's a real kind of reset and I, I love that about combat in Dark Souls. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, there needs to be moments of quiet as as well as moments of, of loud. Yeah, exactly. Very good. All right, my number two is is that what we're up to? Yeah, number two. Is yeah, headshots boy. in Gears of War two? <laughs> Whoa! Okay, I this, uh, I never played Gears of War two, so what's uh, what's the story, babe? This is a very gamery one. Um, <laughs> it, it might be a little bit nostalgia fueled as well, but uh, mm -hmm. there are you know the grunts or whatever the you know the grubs grunts. I don't know, just the standard enemies in in uh, Gears of War two. I think in one as well, but I think two they really perfected the feeling. Right. Um, of uh, 
they're just like these big beefy looking lizard men and um when you shoot their heads they explode in an extremely gory and like over like kill bill style way <laughs> and um it's just a symphony of like satisfying elements so when you get a headshot you get like this amazing noise that plays it's almost like the sound of someone crunching like a peanut under their foot or something oh, <laughs> it God. plays that noise and then, then there's like a clink noise mixed in there and then there's a little bit of a delay and then like the blood shoots out like it's in, like a huge fountain it's just so uh over the top and and it's like so so on theme for that game which is just like military buff beef boys go shoot some aliens in the face real good um, <laughs> and it's just like such a chris and i mean they have the chainsaw in that game as well which is just completely ballistic um but uh, uh the the headshots i think feel just a little bit more satisfying to me um yeah just because it's like such a symphony of like different things all, all coming together in like one exact moment which, which is designed to make you feel good so mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I was trying to think of a game that did headshots really well um i think a lot of like first person shooter games um like even multiplayer games like in like counter-strike you get a really nice noise in um uh, overwatch you get a really nice noise and a reward mm. feeling like there's a lot of them that do it but i think it's just the over the topness that gears of war offers up that, uh, that that sits it at number two for me mm, yeah that's that's nice i i considered counter-strike headshots um mm. for this list because that that sound is just like etched into my brain it's just a you, real you played a lot of original counter-strike right yeah yeah like man back back in the mouse and keyboard days i mean i you know i say i played a lot but i probably only played like 50 or 60 hours like i, yeah, I right. wasn't some kind of counter-strike freak or anything like that um yeah. but i yeah i just had some buddies and and we played on on certain servers and it was real good real good times yeah, it's good. I, I wish I could get into Counter-Strike. I've just never, never been able to. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's own beast. Yeah, totally. I was watching someone play it the other day on Twitch and it was Counter-Strike Go and there's just like so many call outs and it's just nonsense to the, the lay person. It's like <laughs> fragging top, uh, smoking mid, blah, blah, blah. There's like all, <laughs> all the names of the different locations. There's like cat and goose and like, you know, all these based on like graffiti on the wall or whatever so they know exactly where things are going down right yeah, uh, yeah. there's one in like heaven or whatever so they'll be like fragging heaven it's like oh what the fuck is that i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and i just know that if i tried to like play with other people i would just not enjoy myself because or not, not other people like internet strangers just because i just have no idea what anything is oh yeah i think it's i a, don't want to learn yeah it's a it's a friends only experience if that yeah. but you know that there, there are probably more fun games that are easier to get into for that that you know that can play that role yeah i tried playing um there's a, a riot offering that basically is just um is counter-strike but with heroes instead of um military boys oh uh, uh, yeah and you've got like lot, there's lots of abilities and powers and stuff and it's basically the same vibe you know like you walk or you, you when you hold shift you you um walk instead of sprint it's that kind of thing um uh, yeah and it's got the exact same kind of map layouts with the crazy call outs and stuff um but i can't remember what it's called right now uh valorant it's called valorant i tried valorant and i did not like it yeah okay something about walking around a corner and just dying the moment the first pixel of your head leaves the the corner is just like not enjoyable to me 
Yep. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, what's your number two? Uh, no, I'm, we're up to the, the, the top of the list, babe. The yeah, yeah. number one. Uh, I reckon we've oh. got, I, I reckon we've got the same number one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Hit me with it. Yeah. Uh, my number one is spiking in Super Smash Bros. Oh, <laughs> we don't have the same number we one. We don't have the same number one, dude. Oh, that is very good, though. Oh. I, I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I haven't played in so long, I can't even remember the roster, but, like, I I would pick characters based on their ability to spike. Like, that's, mm. that's all that matters to me in that game. So, mm. my mains were, like, Captain Falcon and Ganondorf, mm-hmm. and... I think there were some others, but I honestly can't remember. Um, but if they could spike, I was interested. And and what that means is like, basically, when um, another fighter was over the edge of the level, you would fall or jump off and like do like a downward kick, and it would just send them straight to their death. And it's like pretty hard to pull off, um, especially with like other experienced players. And it's, it's just like when you pull it off, it just feels like you've tricked the other player. You can you can do it like before the player's ready to die. So mm. there's like, you know, that percentage system in Smash Bros where like, you know, at 100%, then you can probably just whack them off the stage. But like you can spike someone at 0% and mm. it's just like, it's it's so... It's so good. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's pure, I don't know. It's, it's pure hope and joy for the human race. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything's going to be okay after you've spiked someone. Yeah. 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 It's literally slam dunking one of your friends. Like it's rolling them into a little ball and slam dunking them. It's uh it's very satisfying, yes. I yeah. agree. And there's also like, you know, the explosion that goes off underneath them when you when you hit them. And it's not just like you hit them, it's like you kick them in the tippy top of their head as hard as you can. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a like over the top um experience. It's both like over the top to experience yourself and over the top to be be spiked. Like it's so so intense. Yeah, and if if anyone's watching, they're just like, oh, you know, it's yeah, really it yeah. brings out the best in the crowd. It's um, yeah. Look, when you when you gave me this list, I just wrote this list you in this order. But like spiking was number one, and that was never going to change. It's just the best. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very good. Um. All right. My number one is the glory kill in Doom 2016. No shit. Yeah, I th- I think it's like such a, a neat um, interweaving of like, you know, a satisfying mechanic as well as something that is like um, l- linked with the game itself. You know, it's not just like the headshots in uh, Gears of War where it's like, so oh, satisfying to do and like, you know, like the head go boom. But this is like the head go boom, but also you get heaps of health and heaps of ammo. You get ammo, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It gives you resources. Yeah, it gives you resources. And so, like, it's not only, like, you get a really cool, beautifully animated short, and it doesn't interrupt the flow style thing that happens to the screen. You also get to keep shooting the bad guys because now you've got heaps of ammo as a result of you pulling off this, like, maneuver. And so I, I just have these memories of, like, 
you know, having no ammo in my gun and like one blinking orange guy on the screen and like, as well as three other, three or four other very beefy looking alien boys to take out. And, you know, you glory kill the one and the ammo comes spewing out and you're like, all right, we're off to the races again, boys, let's go. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> you dash in, dash out. And it's, it's so, it's so flowy and so cool. And all of the animations are incredible. Um, they've just, outdone themselves with the you know that's like depending where you're looking on the screen will change mm. what plays depending on what weapon you're holding depending on what enemy you know it's just like every single possible variation of of killing an alien brutally is uh is accounted for in that game and uh and uh, every time it's, it's satisfying and and also useful thing to do <laughs> yeah look that's a great pick and you hit the nail on the head with the fact that it doesn't disrupt the flow that's the mm. most admirable part of of the glory kills it's it's yeah. amazing that entering you know what is effectively a cutscene, a small animated cutscene in the middle of combat doesn't disrupt the flow like that's yeah. that's bonkers i don't i don't think i've seen that in other games that have similar systems yeah, it's like such a a nice um, grouping of like really talented animation as well as really skillful design. Like knowing exactly how long it, it takes in order for the you know the player to feel like they've disconnected, or mm. you know you obviously can't have it too short because then you can't see anything because everything you know you have to have time to pull the eye out of the beholder's head and squish it in your hand. Like you know, like that's there's a lot that they're doing in these really short, effectively like I think they're like one and a half second long clips. Um, mm. mm-hmm which is not a lot of time to play with. It's like, what is that? Like 45 frames? 45 frames is not a lot mm, yeah. Um, yeah. to really do anything in, uh, you know, your standard walk cycle is like whatever, 24 frames. So like, you know, doing a whole series of actions, like tripping a an imp with your gun and then holding his head down with your foot and blasting it with the shotgun. It's, <laughs> it re- it's really, that's that's three whole things to do in, in, in 45 frames and it's it's very impressive. So it might be a little bit of an animatory um gush time but it's it's still a still a satisfying pick oh i can dig it i can dig it oh man i can't believe we we shared nothing across both of these lists that blows my mind i thought i thought we'd have really similar things me too i thought we'd have at least one i mean we had the half-life one but it was different games yeah 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 Yeah. that's wild well uh any any closing thoughts oh do we have any reader mail yeah yeah babe yeah babe um <laughs> but no closing thoughts i mean i'm glad we we had all different things and i'm glad we had a chance to talk about like oh physics seems to be popping up a lot um and also i noticed the, the later parts of my list it was more about like killing things <laughs> which I, <laughs> I, I didn't intentionally do oh, but uh but yeah it's interesting how yours didn't have that so much and yeah so there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's different kinds of satisfying i think like Video games offer up a completely different kind of satisfaction than videos do. You know, like those mm. satisfying videos are all about like, you know, the the speed at which things happen in a very purposeful way. And the sound design is obviously really important. But the way that you interact with a lot of these systems, like especially the Half-Life and physics stuff is so like user driven. Um, it feels like, you know, tipping the the top of the, the dominoes and then watching it explode into confetti you know like it's that kind of that kind of vibe yeah yeah absolutely and i i think you are right around video games offering something slightly different like the the ability to maim 
can be really satisfying. You know, mm. it's it's like w- one of the the more violent things that didn't make my list was kicking a zombie off a ledge in Dying Light. Like mm. you could, you know, parkour, parkour, run up and do a fly kick, and they'd fly off a skyscraper. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it just cool. it, it feels good to kick zombies off of skyscrapers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, there was another game. What was it? Bullet Storm? No. Uh, it was like a uh, No, Cliff Blazinski. What's his studio? Oh, Cliff oh, Blazinski. The Gears of War man. Yeah, I don't. I yeah, that's that's before my time. Uh, I think it was like a bullet storm. Anyway, you could kick dudes in the chest and they would land on like a spike wall and that was pretty satisfying too. Oh yeah, okay. okay. Kicking in video games. What a oh, there's a, a a game that came out recently where all you do is kick people, uh, like <laughs> kick hunter or something. What <laughs> is it? Oh my god. Uh, how, how did we not chase that sponsor up for this episode? I mean, that just sounds fantastic. Um 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 kick video game. Hold on. I must know the name. We've got a live research. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to find it. It's not oh, here. Oh my god, you're letting kicking? us all down. Kicking uh, uh, video game through the oh, it's called like door puncher or something. Door kicker, door kicker, right? <laughs> Trying no. to convince me. <laughs> No, that's not it. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It's very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll be sure to uh, talk about Door Kicker next week, and, <laughs> yeah. and like it better have a better name than Door Kicker because <laughs> that's that's not selling any copies. <laughs> there was a video game called Door Kicker that is not the one I'm searching for, but top down, it looks almost a little bit like um, the Hotline Miami. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, look, doors are kicked in that game, but you can do better than door kicker people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, call it Hotline Miami at least. All right, let's uh, let's kick the door down on these emails, you know what I'm saying? I do. do. uh, (laughs) You can can send us an email at itsalmosttheweekendpod at gmail.com, just like Sam did. Mm, Hello, Sam. Sam says, hi, Stranding Squad slash Titanfall Lovecast. Uh, Prompted by your mentioning of Square Enix's choice to sell off their Western studios for next to nothing, I I thought I'd pass on a fun little tidbit regarding Square Enix's uh, history of terrible decisions. Uh, Back in 2004, Square Enix moved offices from Migoro to Shinjuku, based on a reading the CEO Yoichi Wada got from a fortune teller named Peo. This was confi- oh my God. This was confirmed by famed composer uh, Nobo Uematsu, the mm-hmm. dude who wrote slash composed One Winged Angel. Um, so it makes a lot of sense that a company willing to uproot their office that quick and is constantly chasing whales with their games as a service would mm. sell some of their cleanest profit makers on a gamble. Um, yeah. Love, love the cast from Sam. And Sam um, Sam put some sources at the bottom of the email, which I checked oh. out, and I personally loved that shit. It was um, re- really cool to, to read about that and, like... Yeah, the the move from um, Megiro to Shinjuku was was based on on like the, the CEO receiving a fortune that they wouldn't make money in Megiro. 
So oh like Shinjuku was the way to go. And I'll be honest, I I I don't know where Meguro is in Tokyo, but Shinjuku is is the tits. So like that Yeah. That's you know, that that could be a good move regardless of what the fortune teller says. But yeah, just super super weird shit um for for the head of that company and like it does give a little more context to them selling things for so cheaply um but but sam rounds things off by saying um ps microsoft paid a hundred million dollars for a one-year exclusivity deal for the tomb raider reboot yeah see like the heck man they had it on their service that's that's one third of what square enix sold them um, yeah. including a partially finished game, the Deuce X team, and a huge amount of legacy IPs for. And, yeah. like, dude, Sam is 100% right. I remember um, when they announced the Tomb Raider reboot and it was exclusive to my, to Xbox for one year. And mm-hmm. I, I remember just, like, I had a PS3 and I was like, are they, are they trying to, like, pull off their own Uncharted like yeah. you know yeah <laughs> i think that's what they were going for and like that game came out in 2013 and it's like the uncharted people had already released the last of us at that stage it's like yeah. you, it's all over you, it's all over you just paid 100 million dollars for bubkus <laughs> yeah oh, i mean these games still make heaps of money so maybe they made some off of the that that deal but yeah microsoft is just one of those companies dude like as a, I, i've heard they're just one of those publishers that are just like so free with their money. They're just like, oh yeah, it's all right. A couple of million dollars, a couple hundred million dollars. It's fine. You know, just have it. So, crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, they've got that crazy money. I'm sure like Epic is kind of the same. I mean, just got like, they got that Fortnite money. They got those V bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got V bucks. It's, it's wild, isn't it? When you see like something, I don't know, like a hundred million dollars for just exclusivity. It's yeah. it's crazy. And when you yeah. when you take that amount and apply it to other games, it's just it's just blown so far out of proportion. You know, that's like one fifth of making a Halo game, or like yeah. fifty indie titles with you know decent budgets. It's just like it's so crazy. The huge kind of difference between games that are popular and games that aren't like i i saw this zero punctuation video that um expounded on it a lot more eloquently than i'm trying to do but like it it was basically just like you know we get into these grooves where the same games come out over and over again and they cost like 500 million dollars a pop you know mm. like the grand theft autos come out the the far cries come out and like they pay for marketing and blah 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 and every now and again you just you see this indie game come out like Hollow Knight or Dead Cells and like, you know, they, they'd be lucky to have a 20th, a 50th, a hundredth of the budget that these games have. They yeah. end, they end up becoming hugely successful, hugely profitable. And, um, zero punctu- punctuation was just like, why, why don't we have a budget for new ideas in studios where like, you know, a hundred million dollars, you, you could, you could maybe make 20 indie games Um, you know, you could empower staff to, to, you know, come up with ideas and, and put them on the screen and like, you just need one of them to do well. 
yeah. you, you just need one of them to do well for, for an investment like that to make sense. Totally. I mean, Epic does have a, a fund that does something like that these days. So I don't know if that came out after Zero Punctuation's video or not, but um, they do have a fund where they just give give money just like to studios based on not very much, like a video or like a conversation. Right, um, right. I, th I think you have mentioned that. Yeah, that's, that is a sick initiative. Yeah, yeah. My, my boss, Johnny, when he was coming up with Artful Escape and sort of getting it off the ground... Epic gave him some sum of money. I think it was $20,000 just to help, you know, he, they thought it was cool. And they just said, here's some money, you know, no, no, you don't have to have us on your service or, you know, uh, have, have you on our service or there's no reason to pay it back or anything. Just here is some money. We'd like what you're making. Wow. So yeah, there's, there's stuff like that happening around. Um, it's some, some weird, you know, glitch in the uh, matrix of capitalism where, <laughs> but, uh, but it does happen. Uh, and I was just Googling right then while, while you were talking about it, um, Microsoft's sort of one of their main piggy banks these days is Game Pass. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and they have around 3,000 games on, uh, on Game Pass at, at the time of publishing this article, which I'm not too sure when it came out, but um, they, they've done the maths and have apparently reported that they've, been spending about 2.5 billion in payments to developers in order to maintain license for those games on the platform. Hmm. And so that works out at around $830,000 per game. And wow. so, you know, so some games obviously will be more and some games will be less. So, you know, you, you sort of say, oh, the lower end games might end up around $400,000, $500,000 and the higher end games upwards of one to two mil, which was initially what I was thinking, maybe even a little bit more for some games, like in the couple of 300, sorry, three or four mil. I reckon. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of like money that's getting thrown around just to like have a game on a service that is also probably available elsewhere in certain instances. Like, yeah, crazy, Fuck, crazy stuff. So wild. Um, but, but I mean, when you think about it, some of these teams have, uh, they, they may need the money or maybe they're just, they don't need the money at all. The game's been out for a long time and they're just like, you know, like the Yakuza series for, or whatever. Like, hmm. this is just like, you know, pocket money for some of these studios where they're like, oh, cool, we, we now get to buy like, you know, new chairs for the entire office and yeah yeah it's fancy screens for the movie room like that's yeah so but yeah anyway interesting stuff yeah that's cool thanks for thanks for running in sam yeah thanks sam hey sam sam's one of jamie's friends oh cool yeah he's a good dude. yeah well heads up for future emailers i'm uh i'm not gonna read out anyone's full name just because uh i can see your full name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah email email is Kind of crazy like that hey yeah yeah and anyway have you got uh anything you want to finish with uh no i don't think so i think that's it we're done baby wrap it up i hope everyone has a really nice weekend and uh we'll see you when it's almost the weekend again yeah all right bye bye, bye.